I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 206. All right, jumping right in. Hello, beautiful ladies. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. This past two years have been a lot. My mom passed and my husband of 25 years, I found out was having an affair with one of our best friends that we had moved into our home to protect her from a horrible ex and bad divorce she was going through. Sheesh, be careful moving people into your home. You think you know someone and then you find them sucking face with your husband, ready to get it on, on top of my grandmother's chopping block on Thanksgiving morning. Yep, found those two pieces of shit in our kitchen on Thanksgiving morning while our youngest son was in the house and could have easily been the one to have found them. Who does that? But I'm happy to report that I'm in therapy, getting a divorce from my crappy ex, and have been dating an amazing and loving man for six months now. I feel like sometimes the true blessings in our life arrive looking like a whole heap of bullshit, but it works out. I've had many experiences with the paranormal through the years. All the women in my family on both sides seem to have a sixth sense in varying degrees. I can't talk to people's dead loved ones, but I have seen and encountered many ghosts, angels, demons, etc. I wish I could control it more, but it's random. I do have prophetic dreams and get feelings about people and places. When my shithead ex got his first nursing job, we moved to the small town of Staten, Oregon, outside of Salem. Or, so lame, if you've been there. Anyway, we rented and eventually bought a beautiful, very old Victorian home from my aunt. My family had not owned it for very long, so they had not had any paranormal experiences there, but my aunt did tell me she could tell there was something there. Not bad, but definitely there. The day we moved in, my ex went to work. He worked overnight, still does work nights with our so-called friend. Come on, girls, don't break the sisterhood code. Anyway, it was me and our four-year-old in the home that night. Once I put my little boy to sleep, I continued to move in boxes from the garage and put them on the floors and rooms where they went. The home was built in 1896 and was moved to the current location in 1910 due to a flood. It was four stories, cellar, first floor, second floor where the bedrooms were, and third floor attic. The stairs to the third floor were narrow and steep with a half-step turn in the middle where the stairs wrapped around. I was moving boxes to the attic to store and then would go through the boxes. If there was something to take back down, I would do so. I had taken some larger boxes up when I realized one of the boxes was meant to go to my little boy's room. So down the steep stairs, I went, arms full and barely able to see over the top. As soon as I went to the half step, I overstepped and started to fall. Keep in mind that if I had fallen, I probably would have broken my neck and there was no one else in my home but my little boy. As I fell, I was abruptly stopped by two hands, one on each shoulders, adult hands, clear as day, hands to the point I said, Jay, are you home? Hello, Jay? Jay, my ex. I stood there afraid to move or look over the box. I lowered the box to see what was in front of me, but there was nothing. Nothing but several more steps beyond where I stood. I felt stupid saying thank you to the air, but I did. I said, thank you so much for saving me like that. The spirit saved my life. I can't imagine how horrible it would have been to have my little boy have to find me with a broken neck at the bottom of the attic steps. This was not the only time I or loved ones were helped by these amazing ghosts over the next six years. I even got to see them before we moved. A story for another day. I hope you liked this one. It was an amazing moment I will never forget. Sorry so long. Thank you both for all you do. Laura. Okay, you need that type of ghost, Carrie. (laughs) It would come in handy. (laughs) 
Carrie told Colby, I'll go up to the attic myself. And Colby said, you can't walk on concrete. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going up that ladder. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. Well, I'm really glad that that ghost was there. But did all your stuff break? That's what I'm thinking about too. And I can't walk downstairs if I can't see the bottom of the stairs. Like Hell no. Um, People who like text on their phone and stuff while they're walking downstairs, I'm like, you are brave. I would die. Mm-hmm. Like in that movie, She's All That, when she goes down the stairs and she like doesn't look at the stairs, she's like making eyes with Freddie Prince Jr. I can't do that. Freddie Prince Jr. would be getting me a knee scooter to go to the prom. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I mean, that has happened for an event before. <laughs> And you've damaged your house with it. <laughs> I did. I did. But yeah, Laura, send us those other stories. My dad had this medical practice that he was like administrator for. And it had one of those old school spiral steps. Those were so scary to me. And my dad did fall down them one day. And he like bent his knee and hurt it real bad. And we were like, couldn't you have done it to the other knee? Because the other knee was the one that he like needed the replacement on, you mm-hmm. know. But it like popped scar tissue in his knees. Because he had had so many knee surgeries in high school playing football. Yeah. That it like popped the scar tissue. Well, he just gave himself a manipulation most people are sedated <laughs> for, but okay. That's my dad. Probably stood up and rubbed some dirt in it. <laughs> but yeah, like Donna said, send all that shit in. Okay, the next one. Cloaked in darkness. Hey, my name is Firefly. Side note, I got this nickname when I was eight because I caught my hair on fire. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Long story. I'm a big, big fan of y'all's podcast. I'm a housekeeper, so my job is really isolated. Vibing with you both in a chilling episode makes me feel less alone. To be honest, I've caught myself laughing so hard while listening that I've slipped and fell in mop water on more than one occasion. Oh my gosh. We got all kind of people following in this story. (laughs) You both have such a sweet friendship and y'all's accents make me miss my home in the Appalachian Mountains of Georgia. I have experienced the weirder side of things since early youth. Shadow figures, strange visions, and messages from the dark. I felt compelled to share my most chilling experience. I grew up on a farm in Blairsville, Georgia. My sister and I loved taking long morning walks in the nearby forest. Casual and mundane, always. Until one morning. It was bright and beautiful at sunrise. We noticed a very tall figure in a cloak staring out at the mountains on our way up the road. We thought nothing of it, just that it was slightly odd because we were used to seeing people walking the roads out near our farm. We finally reached the trailhead, and I should note that there were two trailhead paths. I was in the lead, my sister behind, and then all of a sudden, we were both hit with an overwhelming feeling of darkness, of dread and terror. It was wild because everything became dark. The sky and the trees became blurry, almost transparent. I looked ahead and there was that same dark figure in a cloak ahead of me, only it looked several feet taller. And I began to follow this entity. I say entity because there is something spiritual about its presence. It was drawing me to the river nearby. I was so compelled beyond expression to follow it. There I was, being led against my will. It was like I couldn't stop. My feet were moving on their own. It felt like hours had went by, but I was sure it was only seconds. I awoke from this trance by a scream, and it was my sister. All of a sudden, it became daylight again. The figure disappeared into the forest. 
The sun shone brightly just as before, like nothing had happened. As I ran back to the trailhead, I found my sister, completely terrified. I said, what happened? Who was that? She stared at me for what seemed like forever. Then blurting out into the stillness, she said, a dark figure. He was drawing me. My sister had unwillingly followed a dark figure down the other trailhead, so we had split up without even knowing it. We both realized that we had lost time and possibly even entered another realm. We couldn't speak about it. We ran home in fear, staying home with the curtains shut for days, afraid to go out. A week later, we found out that a pastor was performing an exorcism on our estranged aunt that lives in a cabin at the top of the mountain we were hiking towards. Maybe the demons were looking for another host? I still don't know how or why those figures vanished or why our atmosphere became pitch black, but holy F, it was wild. I would love any thoughts you have on my story. Since that day, I've had many more experiences. Black claws, gripping my feet at night, succubus trances, and a bunch of other insane shit. I can't explain the distress it brings me. I truly appreciate your advice and time and the beauty of y'all's endless, lighthearted banter. It keeps me going. Love, Firefly. How are you just going to casually mention like, oh yeah, my aunt was getting an exorcist down the road. Does that happen often? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm glad that your sister got out of her trance and was able to wake you up. Oh gosh. Also though, in my head, because you said he was leading you toward the river in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, the sirens are singing them to the river and they're like that I went down to the river to pray. Mm -hmm. Like they're singing it like sexy and, you know, wringing out their clothes and all that. But that's just what I pictured. I'm like... Oh, God. I honestly, I don't know what that could have been. It could have been something with the exorcism going up the way. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I don't know outdoorsy shit. Like, that shit can just lurk out there. I don't know. I don't go find it. Like Donna said, we're glad that y'all are both safe. Okay, the next one. Hello, Donna and Carrie. I found your podcast about two months ago, and I'm absolutely hooked. I'm still catching up on episodes and loving every single minute. You two are the best podcast hosts, and it's safe to say I might actually be addicted. I have a sinister story to tell you. Warning, it's true crime and very disturbing. Crimes of a sexual nature. I grew up in West Sussex, England. I went to a tiny village primary school as a kid. I was around six years old when a new boy started named Stephen Berton. The whispers around the class were that he had been expelled from his last few schools, which is true as it turned out. Stephen was a few years older than me and caused trouble from day one, pushing one of my friends off the playground, causing her to split her head on some rocks. She survived. Creepily, Donna loves that word, he paid another schoolgirl on a daily basis to pretend she was his girlfriend and would parade her around. He was always in trouble. Stephen was so weird. Not in a kooky, cool way, in a way that didn't seem, quote, right. He freaked me out, so I avoided him. Not only because he already hurt my friend and generally been a deviant, but also because I got a horrible feeling when he was near me. We used to have school lunch in a hall around big tables with all the other children, and one day he was sitting across from me. He was on a different table, but visually he was opposite me. He caught my eye and he started staring at me, and he mouthed, I love you. I immediately started crying and felt bodily ill. It was like a wave of fright, sickness, and dread came over me. So intense and scary. I ended up going to the nurse's office for a little while until I felt better. I'm quite forgetful when it comes to school memories, but I remember that moment like it was yesterday. 
Stephen was asked to leave our school as well, not long after this strange encounter, actually. Thank goodness. Fast forward around nine or ten years. Stephen Bertone was arrested and jailed at 15 years old for the rape and murder of a 92-year-old woman in a local cemetery. She was laying flowers on her husband's grave at the time. Sadly, the victim died six weeks later. She had planned to be buried next to her husband, but after the attack, she didn't want to be put to rest at that site. When I heard about this, my blood ran cold. The whole community was shaken, and it's still a very sore subject 20-plus years later, understandably. Stephen was jailed for 12 years. However, he only served six years in prison. Aged 23, he was at the center of a police hunt after going on the run with a 16-year-old girl just a year after his release. He's back in prison now, but I couldn't find records about his current conviction. To be honest, I don't want to search anymore. He still makes me feel incredibly ill. I'm now 40 and have always trusted my intuition. I don't know who or what was warning me away from the evil in that boy, but throughout my life, I've had premonitions in my dreams, strong instinctual feelings about people, places, and situations, and I listen to them. I've had many paranormal encounters and started studying paranormal psychology as a hobby in the last few years. I find it all so fascinating, and I'm convinced it's all linked. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I know it's a lot, but I wanted to share the fact that some of us do get feelings like this, and we should definitely listen to them. Keep on creeping, you lovely ladies. Loads of love, Helen. What a piece of shit, because just the whole situation, but now she can't rest in peace next to her husband, and that infuriates me. Yeah. Because who can afford to just move her husband? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's expensive. I bet that there would be some people in the community that would raise money to move him. Yeah. Kind of like your people in that story about the headstone. Yeah. But it's like, I know that rape isn't always about like physical attraction and all, but why her? Why Mm -hmm. right then? Like at the most, which is why, but at the most vulnerable time, like how shit of a human being do you have to be that that's who you chose at that moment? Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my great aunt that she got like mugged, barabbed basically at her house? No. It was my grandma's sister and she was in her 80s. She was just about to go to bed and somebody like knocked on her door. She didn't open it all the way. And they like shoved it and beat her up and robbed her. What the fuck? It wasn't long after that that she went in the nursing home. Oh my gosh. Yep. And and then when she went to the nursing home, like her dementia really started and all that. It was like, that was the catalyst to her death though. And same with this for this lady. It was yeah. like six weeks later, she died. Yeah. Okay. The next one. The time I was accused of murder at 11. Hello, beautiful ladies. I want to start by saying y'all are amazing and I'm obsessed with the podcast. I've been binge listening since I found your podcast four or five-ish months ago. Y'all really get me through my day of a stay-at-home mom. I want to apologize if this gets too long. I also suck at writing, so I'll apologize for that too. I will not be using any names in my story because I live in an extremely small country town. The kind where if you fart in the morning, the whole town will know it by noon kind of small. So now that I'm done with rambling, on with the story. When I was 11, my best friend called me up to come over for the weekend as we had not seen each other in a while. We went to different schools, so I, of course, said yes. They picked me up that afternoon, and that's when I met her cousin who had come to stay with them for a while. Side note, this family was like my second family. Our moms were bestie. We were born a few months apart. We were raised together. I called her mom my mom. Her cousin was 18 and wanted to explore her newfound freedom as an adult. 
So when we get to my friend's house, we go in, I say hi to her siblings and her dad, and then dart off to my friend's room so I can put my stuff down and her spill the tea on everything that's been going on in school, talk boys, and her cousin. When her mom calls us from the bathroom, we go to see what she wants. She was putting on makeup. She tells us that we're to watch the little ones while they go to the bar for a while. That's when her cousin walks in and says her boyfriend's there. Her boyfriend was a big stocky dude that gave me a very bad vibe. He came in the back door and yelled to my friend's dad, Hey, come here, look at my new gun. They go outside, he shoots it a few times. Then the two men come inside laughing and talking about different guys. Once again, bad vibes. When her mom finished up, we follow her to the kitchen. She gives us a rundown and then they left. So what did two 11-year-old girls do with no supervision? You make muffins, of course. Except my friend did not have muffin mix, so we had to improvise. We put flour, water, bananas, and salt into a bowl, mixed it up, poured it in a cupcake pan, threw it in the oven. While we waited for the muffins to cook, we put on music and had a dance party. We were living our best life. Until we realized we forgot the muffins. We got them out, we each grabbed one, took a bite, and immediately spit them out. Needless to say, they did not turn out great. Soon after the muffin mishap, we put the little ones to bed and retreated to her room. I'm not exactly sure how long after it was we went to her room that everyone came home. But we go greet them and tell them about the muffins. I go back to my friend's room doing what 11-year-olds do, having a great time when we hear a loud bang. We fly out of her room to the living room where we're greeted with something out of a movie. Her mom was banging and trying to push open the cousin's bedroom door, yelling, open the door, please let me in. I need to get you up, open the door. I need to get in there so I can help him. Her dad is on the phone with 911. My friend standing beside me asks, what is going on? What happened? Her cousin is on the other side of the door, screaming and crying, I can't, I can't, he's laying by the door. I swear in that moment, it was like I was in a trance. I could see and hear, but it almost was like I was not in my own body. I honestly don't remember much after that. The next thing I know, I'm being woken up by some random lady saying my parents are there to pick me up. A few days later, my family's asking me questions about what happened and that detectives are coming to talk to me. I get a call from my friend and her mom saying not to be scared and just tell what happened that night. And you best believe I did exactly that. I told them every single detail of that night. Did I mention I live in a small town? Well, in the days following, my family, they were getting death threats and rumors going around that I killed the boyfriend. My uncle got in a fistfight with his best friend who was related to the boyfriend because he threatened my life. We had to have police patrol my neighborhood. It got so bad that once school ended, I had to go stay with family for the summer until things cooled off. And the police ruled his death an accident and it was self-inflicted. To be honest, I don't know exactly what happened in that room that night, but the story my friends told the detectives was that the boyfriend was drunk and wanted to play Russian roulette with the cousin and she declined. He got mad, held the gun to her head and pulled the trigger and it just clicked. He put it to his head, pulled the trigger and yeah. So that's my story of how I was accused of murder. Sorry again for being so long. Creep it up. Y'all are amazing. Creep it real. Insert golden girl name here. Who would you pick? Well, that sounds like some shenanigans that Rose would get into, so I'm going with that. 
I could see that. If you need more of a reason to not have kids, uh, for this morning, I'm woken up to my dog whining, needing to go out. I get up half awake to open the front door. Just as I pop the door open, I hear a child's muffled voice. I felt my soul leave my body. My stomach drop and my ass detach. Talk about fear fart. I slammed the front door shut and locked it and thought, this is it. The creepy eyed kids are here to get me. Then as I turn around to nope my way out of there, I see my youngest standing in the living room saying, did you hear me, mommy? I need cup, please. Oh my God. Yeah, so kids are creepy. Don't recommend. You don't have to tell us twice. (laughs) I love that everyone knows about the black eyed kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, in a small town, like, it all gets twisted. But also, what the hell? Right? First of all, who does that? Right. But second of all, what? Yeah. That girl probably has so much trauma to him putting that to her head. Oh, my God. I get, like, reading that, I was like, <gasps> and bless their heart. Like, they were not even in the room. They were doing their 11-year-old shit. How did that come about, you know? Because if it was an accident. It had to be the 11-year-old, not... The teenager who was drunk. Right. And had purchased a gun and was showing it off and all. You know what I mean? Yes. So it was like on his mind. So, you know, when you get drunk, it's like you fixate on something. Yes. All right. The next one. Hi, y'all. First of all, y'all are one of my favorite podcasts on Spotify. Thank you for helping keep my sanity at work. But anyway, here's my story. It's not necessarily paranormal, but it's not true crime. But it definitely freaked out my roommate and I when it happened. So my best friend and I had moved into a new apartment after our freshman year of college. It was in the summer, and to unwind, I'd read books that I had at home. I was reading this paranormal book, and long story short, in the book, I won't mention which one because, spoiler alert, this group of people went into an inn in the woods, and when shit started getting crazy, there was this black smoke that would seep under the doors and between cracks in the walls. It was said that this black smoke was an evil entity. But anyway, in the inn, I-N-N, there was this crazy family who would murder people that would stay at the inn. Fast forward into real life, two nights after I finished the book, I had a dream where I was in my apartment with my best friend, and I remember someone trying to break in the apartment. And when they couldn't, this black smoke seeped under the door and materialized into a man. My bestie told me to go into her room and get a bat while she grabbed the pepper spray from the table next to her. I remember going into her room to grab the bat, and the dream ended there. This is where she gets weird. The next day, I remember telling her my dream and how she was in it. After I told her about it, she stared at me for a couple of seconds until she told me she had the exact same dream the night before too. She told me her point of view and how the same black smoke went under the door and how she told me to grab the bat from the room. Only in her dream, it continued into how she argued with the man. What's crazier is that I never told her about what I was reading and certainly not about the black smoke. So for some reason, in the middle of the night, we had the same dream with the other person in said dream. We still think about it and it happened a little over a year ago. Anyway, that's my story and I know it's not necessarily paranormal, but I hope y'all enjoyed it. Sincerely, a stressed college student, Denise. That's hella creepy. That's a thing. I don't Uh know what it is, but I feel like that's a thing. Yes. I bet your bestie's butthole puckered when you were like, this crazy dream and then word for word what she experienced, but like from a different perspective. What are y'all, that movie Kaleidoscope? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we talked about that at work today. I haven't actually seen it, so that's the reason Have why I knew not? the No. Oh. I was like, damn, you didn't tell me you were watching it. Yeah, we didn't. Colby did. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Colby has. Colby watches movies while we record. Colby watches things while I sleep. Colby watches things while I play Candy Crush. <laughs> Colby has seen everything. I've seen nothing. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, me and Colby talked about it because it goes in different order. Yeah. Yeah. Donna and Colby do nothing but talk about movies and TV shows they watch. <laughs> and I'm just like, let me just stuff my face. What the fuck y'all talking about? <laughs> Neither one of y'all need damn sleep. <laughs> At least y'all got a system if something breaks in. Right? You could get the bat. I got the pepper spray. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies. I hope this mail finds you well. My name is Lena. I'm 25 and from a small town in Germany. First of all, I want to thank you for your amazing work. I listen to you on my ways to work and back, and I always laugh with y'all. It's like sitting at a table with friends, and I have the feeling I'm right there with you. Feel free to use my name and sorry in advance for the typos. My mother told me this story, so here we go. My mother is from Spain and met my father there where they soon had me. My grandmother from my mother's side died about 17 years before my birth. When I was about three or four, we still lived in Spain. We visited my grandmother. I was playing in the living room and my parents and my Nana were in the kitchen having a coffee. Suddenly, I came up to them and told them that Cesar was here to play and say hey. I seemed thrilled and super happy about it. I grabbed my mother's hand and led her to the living room. Of course, it was empty besides all the toys I had in there. My mom walked through the room and asked me where Cesar was. I pointed to the corner of the room and told her that he said he loved her. She then went up to the wall where a lot of family pictures hung and asked me if I could see Cesar in one of them. I went up to the picture from a wedding day of my grandma and pointed to the man on the picture and said, there he is. It was my past grandpa. My mom never mentioned him before, so there was no way that I could have known his name. My mom has always believed in ghosts and everything paranormal and says that I have a gift. I can feel when there is something around. Sometimes I see shadows in the corner of my eyes, but since then I've never seen a person like I did with my grandpa. I also had something knocking at my door in the middle of the night and a friend of mine was potentially possessed. So if you're interested in that story, let me know. I'm a little behind with your podcast, currently on episode 65, and I'm thinking on making a Facebook account just to be able to join your group because it sounds like a lot of fun. Anyways, love you girls and keep up the awesome work, Lena. I wonder if they made a Facebook profile yet. I don't know. If you have, tag us. Yeah. Well, they do always say that kids see stuff that adults don't see because kids haven't been like programmed to not see it yet. Oh, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly. If not, it's Carrie's fault. No, I'm just kidding. It was all me. So if I said it right, it was all me. Yeah. Yes. Send in those stories. I want to know about the knocking and I definitely want to know about the potential possession. Okay, the next one. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to say I appreciate y'all so much. And since I know y'all love Anne with an E, I think of y'all as my kindred spirits. My whole family is from the South, so your accents are very comforting for me. I'm a teenage listener in Oregon and have been wanting to write in a story for a while. I know y'all won't see this for a good while, but here you go. Well, while we're here, they wrote this on August 5th, so that just gives you an idea of where we are. You're not, you're not going to say that's close to your birthday? Three days till my birthday. I was going to say, literally <laughs> first time in the history of dates. I was chewing on my lip. Oh my God, priorities. So this first one has to do with past lives. I don't know if y'all believe in that or have heard about it, so here's some background. According to most accounts of remembering past lives, kids between three and six will have memories and tell stories and usually forget after that time. When I was four years old, my mom dropped me off to my preschool. My parents always said I spoke weirdly eloquently since I was very small. Anyway, one of my first days of preschool, I told my whole class about how me and my old mommy died in a house fire and my mom was my new mom. I also told my class that because we were in a fire, that's why my hair was red. 
BTW, I'm a natural redhead and one of the only in my family. When my mom came to pick me up, the teacher and the other parents told my mom they had no idea I was adopted since that's what they thought I was saying. But my mom and I look very much alike and she was super confused. My dad and I think that I was talking about a past life, but that's part of why I was a weird little kid. Once when I was three, I was staring at this river by our house and turned to my dad and said, we can hear the river so the river can hear us. I also said once around the same time, mice on pigs will feast. Weird. Okay, next one. No pressure to read all of these BTW. So this spring, my mom and two little sisters and two family friends stayed in a Victorian Airbnb in a historical coastal town. My sisters say as soon as they got there, it was very cold and they felt old photos there had a strong aura slash presence. My mom had also been getting over a cold and as soon as she arrived, she got real sick again. It's a quiet town, but my sisters heard walking around and talking during the night when no one was up. In this house, the door to the attic was in the bathroom. My sisters were getting ready in the bathroom and heard footsteps in the attic where our family friends were staying. But these footsteps sounded like hard, heeled shoes. My sister thought it was our friends upstairs, but as the footsteps continued, the doorknob to the attic started to turn on its own and the door shook. They asked our mom if the friends were upstairs and she said they had left last night. That justified the creepy feeling they had. They were terrified and couldn't stay another night. Sorry for the poor writing and long email. I've got two more small stories. When I was little, my family lived with my grandma. Whenever I was alone in her house, I would see what I called my imaginary friend. He was a very tall man in a black suit and hat. Sometimes he had a cat face. Anyway, I hated him and couldn't ever make him go away. He was mean to me and would always talk about business stuff and statistics. I do care if I have an overactive imagination or if it was a spirit. Okay, very last bit. I'm a sleep talker and walker, but my talking isn't nonsense. I'll either be talking to people very clearly with names I've never heard before, or I'll be screaming bloody murder like, no, 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 please help, stop, no, no, no. I'll also be thrashing my bed and will hit my family if they try to wake me. It freaks them out. Okay, that's all for now. Thank you for reading and everything y'all do. Sophia from Oregon. I don't want an imaginary friend with statistics. Right. I mean, like, can we talk about like a Disney movie? Yeah. Like, why is it going to be, I don't know, two standard deviations? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, I'm smart and I know all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) What that means? Yeah, that it deviates. (laughs) (laughs) We hear the river, so the river hears us. Creepy as fuck. (laughs) I know. Okay, Mother Nature. (laughs) I don't like dark water, so. (laughs) Mice on Pigs Will Feast was the one for me, though. (laughs) I'm a talker in my sleep too, and sometimes it's nonsense. But the other <laughs> Most night, of the time. no, but the other night, Colby said he came to bed after me, and so I was already asleep. And he, when he gets in bed, he watches golf on YouTube. Oh, Lord. I got Paula Zahn going on the TV. He's watching golf on YouTube on his phone. And he said he had been laying there for like 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, I said, just straighten your hand. <laughs> Fucking doing work. <laughs> no, and he goes, um, are you at work? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> Probably with attitude. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love it when people talk in their sleep. Yes. 
when you can understand it. Because even if you understand, like for most, especially me, even if you understand the words, like it makes no sense. Yes. Like when my sister was sleep talking. God, the best. Her. I wish that you would have been able to keep all those recordings. <laughs> me too. Because that's when I had like the eight gig phone. Yes. And I had to delete them because like I couldn't send the new ones because it was too much shit. That girl talked in her sleep for like 72 hours. Yeah. I was like, no wonder you need Ambien because you can't rest. Like that was oh. her without Ambien. Yes. <laughs> and the dog was like right on her shoulder. I'm like, how is Ziggy sleeping? <laughs> like I'm up being like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> okay. Last one. And kind of on the sleep train. Hi, ladies. Love you guys so, so much. You are freaking hilarious. And I wish I was besties with the both of you. I just wanted to share a funny story about a dream I had. Not sure what to even call it. Believe it or not, I was completely sober when this happened and do not remember any of it. I was sleeping with my boyfriend when all of a sudden in the middle of the night, I jumped up and started yelling about how there were spiders everywhere in the house and that he needed to get them off of me. I was screaming and wiping my whole body off and told him they were all over the ceiling and coming down from their webs. Eventually, I made him turn the light on and apparently right when he turned the light on, I threw the blankets over my head while I was sitting up and yelled at him to go outside and check if they were on the roof, which he did actually go outside. What a nice guy. And I just fell right back to sleep. This happened last year and I haven't had an episode since. So what the hell happened? Creep it real ladies. Love y'all. My best. Paige S. That's a good partner right there because right? I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not going outside. I'll tell you who would not go outside. Tiffany. Tiffany. (laughs) If that girl's sleeping, you're on your own. Also, that is fucking scary, though, to think about spiders being all over you, crawling all over you. Ooh, no. There's only one thing I can think of that's worse. Mm Mm-hmm. We all know what that is. (sighs) Man, I love the sleepy time stories. Well, except for, like, the shadow people and the sleep paralysis, that's creepy AF. But I mean, like, the... The funny ones. Yeah. I mean, I love them all. I want them all. But, like, I like the funny ones. And it's good when we have them to end on. Yes. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all your stories. We can't get enough of them. Hopefully, y'all can either. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember... Creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.